Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. I am Daniel Roman, the New York um, uh, domiciled, heavy metal rockin', long hair having writer at Winter is Coming, an editor, and we are here to talk about all things. No, I'm Dan Selke, the Chicago-based uh, Surprise. Chicago-based editor of Winter is Coming, a site where we cover all things fantasy, sci-fi, TV, and movies. And I'm here with Daniel Roman, who is all those things that I said. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little disappointed that I, in fact, yeah, yeah, am not too. Dan Selke. Uh-huh. Uh, who knows my way around Chicago and can ride a bike. Uh-huh. But unlike you, lo and behold, here, here we are, unlike me, living in the woods where you cannot ride bikes. No, I, I'm Daniel. Welcome. Hello. And <laughs> we're very excited to be here. We have a, a fun show for you guys because we have one very important thing to discuss it is not a dragon or a robot or any of those other things we normally talk about, uh, mm-hmm. but it may have to do with bats and upside down dimensions and uh, monsters with plants for a face. Stranger things. Oh, the Demogorgon. Yeah. Like plants for a face. Yeah. We have other things to discuss, but yeah, our main story this week is going to be, we just saw the, um, the final episodes of Stranger Things season four, which is a huge show. And we have opinions on them. We wanted to share them with you. And hello, everybody. Yeah. We also have Christian, Josephine, Julie, um, uh, Martha, Nicole in the chat. And yes, you do point out that there's only seven weeks to go through House of the Dragon. It does. God. So yeah. it's just under two months, no House of the Dragon premieres. That does. That is exciting. That is cool to say out loud. We've seen it pretty soon. It oh, we're going to return to it. But. That's still seven weeks away. And until then, there are other things to cover. And are you ready to discuss the final episodes of Stranger Things season four, Daniel, which came out on Friday? I think we can talk uh, like uh, at least some minor spoilers. Yeah, I think I think it's probably fair to say, you know, we'll we're not going to go through point by point and intentionally spoil things. But there may be some spoilers in this chat because Stranger Things is out and it's very exciting. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm stoked to talk about it. it. It's been an exciting run this season of Stranger Things. One of the most exciting television events I feel like we've had in a while. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that might be my favorite thing about it. And hello, Terry. But um, I remember before it aired, there were a lot of op-ed pieces like Stranger Things is over. It's not, you know, it's kind of played out. It took too long. Yeah. That's like no one no one talks about Game of Thrones anymore. That's what yeah. those op-eds And then this ended of. up being a gargantuan hit. 
So Daniel, you give your yeah. first opinions and I'm going to quickly do this. Uh, my dog is ready to pick up. I'm going to deal with that for a second. Uh, please talk okay. for two and a half minutes. You got it. Two and a half minutes. Uh, everyone who is in the chat, if you have seen Stranger Things, drop your opinions. What did you think? I will start. So Stranger Things 4 is out. I was one of those crazy people like Natalie in the chat who was watching it at 3 a.m. Um, the night that it dropped, it was a lot of fun. The finale was a monstrous two and a half hours. And I think, you know, I the, the length of the finale is one thing I'm very curious to see people's opinions about because did it need to be two and a half hours? Probably no. not. No, 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 no. I, I think they could have easily sliced it into multiple episodes. However, <laughs> easy. We don't all listen. We don't all watch art just because we need it. Like they did it because they wanted to make a two and a half hour movie. And if anything that we have seen in Stranger Things so far justified a two and a half hour movie, it was the events of this finale. Pileable. It's a game changer. Nothing's the same anymore. It's what not untrue. You, untrue. Everything you just said. I didn't actually hear everything you just said because I went my dog, but um, I, That's think fair. It, I did not think it needed to be two and a half hours. Art. I mean, yeah, it's art. It's also a giant Netflix show. It's also commerce. And they're trying to entertain yes. people. And this could have been more entertaining. Um, I like Nicole's comment coming out of the gate hard. Yeah, Millie yeah. Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven, threw some shade at the Duffer Brothers during a recent interview. She said they should be more like Game of Thrones and kill off more characters, including hers. And honest to God, I think she's right. Yeah. You wrote a great editorial about this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed I, it a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. That's very nice. I always, and <laughs> hey, Matt Smith, I've always enjoyed Stranger Things. There's always, I've, I've never loved it. And I do think that's continuing now. And one of the reasons is, and this one's kind of new. I wish they went yeah. further. I think there's a bit of cowardice at play. I don't think they go far enough to really commit to the story they want to tell because they want to tell a story, right? Where basically mm -hmm. Satan is cracking the bones of teenagers, popping out their eyes, lifting them up and making a portal to hell. But at the same time, they're so reticent to really go whole hog and kill a character when the story calls for it, even though these characters are constantly put in harm's way. They're constantly fighting interdimensional monsters with plants for faces, as you pointed out. They're fighting, yes. you know, uh, Soviet menaces. They're facing up against homicidal bullies this season. And the fact that no one seems to ever bite it permanently is a little weird. And it's even weirder that they have giant scenes like Hopper dies a tragic death end of season three. And we get like a whole even post-death weepy montage. And then they just let him be. Yes. Or Max puts her life on the line. And then, you know, she makes the ultimate sacrifice. But then, nope, Eleven switches, like flips a thing and she's back. I, I think that makes it weaker. I really do. I think I'd be more invested if... I mean, if, if you're going to kill a character on screen, at least stick to it. I think it should be more like Game of Thrones. Not like kill everybody. I think they should go further though. I, I, and I was, yeah. I thought, I thought it was weird. Like the, the, the Duffers were saying this interview, like, well, it's not that kind of show. Well, it's a show with blood and guts and horror and guns and like monsters and teeth that gnash and bite and uh, teenagers that die. Are you sure it's not that kind of show Duffers? Are you <laughs> like, I, yeah. I think it is. I think they want it to be really intense, but they're not willing to kind of put their chips in the table in a way that would actually make it the sort of show they want it to be. So I didn't like that bit, which is, I mean, yeah, it's I, just one complaint, but I, I do agree with, with Millie Bobby Brown that uh, they should be more like Game of Thrones. I think all shows yeah, should. Yeah, I, I, 
I'm in that camp too. I mean, the thing, the thing that I come back to around with that. So, you know, the red wedding in game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin talked about why he did that. It wasn't just because he liked killing people. It was because he likes, in his words, he likes his stories to be unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And that was the least predictable thing he could think to do because typically in fantasy, a hero dies and then their avenging child or whatever comes in and avenges them. And that's what you would expect. So he killed off the child because that is just shocking. And this is the thing for me with like, there's a montage in in the season finale where it's like the darkest moment where basically like everyone's on the verge of death type thing. Like Lucas is getting choked out. Hopper's got a Demogorgon on top of him. And Game of Thrones pulled this in the long night too, where there's a moment near the end of the long night where everyone looks like they could die. And that told me no one was going to. Yeah. yeah <laughs> because yeah. obviously, if everyone is set up in that situation, there's going to be some kind of reversal that keeps them from dying. Now, it's to Stranger Things credit that that montage, there was a character who died in that montage. Jason? And no, it was it was Eddie. Okay. And but that was one where like I expected Eddie to die because that's their MO, right? Is introduce mm-hmm. a really likable character or a character you can sympathize with in some way for a season and then ax them, ax them off. I think in general, it does lower the stakes. This was kind of my thing going into this season when they were talking about being inspired by Nightmare on Elm Street and it mm-hmm. and things like that was like, if you're going to have a villain like that people. and you Freddie, he killed Johnny Depp, killed Johnny like, Depp. He killed Johnny Depp. Like that was commitment. So it's like, if you're going to have a villain like that, the way to really drive it home is to have them kill some, at Uh least one major character. And they came so close. Like I'm not a fan of the fake out deaths, even though I'm curious to see what they do with Max next season. Like someone asked me just before the show, if I thought Max might get trapped in Vecna's mind, or there might be something that plays off their mental link. Probably not possible that i hope they do something interesting with it if they kept her around because there is one scene where 11 tries to contact her mind and doesn't get an answer so it is ambiguous but generally i agree with that is probably my one very large complaint about the finale is i do wish they went a little farther because it felt like they were so close and then they backed up, yes backed out yes at the last like they did it. I covered my mouth and gasped when the stuff went down with Max. Mm-hmm. I was shocked to to watch it. But then mm-hmm. they cut when they backpedaled. It was the first time in the I like I rolled my eyes when in that scene with Eleven when they <laughs> they rolled it back yeah, and she was yeah, like, yeah. "Not you." No. I was like, "Are you kidding?" No. Like, guys, you did it. You just had to leave it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
you're right. They do come so close. They come so close to really being really, 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 really good. They have so much going for them. I love this comment from Nicole. I think it's really smart. I think something I would say. Nicole says <laughs> there's a certain childlike innocence and nostalgia that the Duffer Brothers want to maintain, but their theme is horror. So it's totally at odds, which, yeah, exactly. Like they want it yeah. both ways and you can't really have it both ways and be like an honest, coherent show. It's just not really possible. Um, and yeah, it, it does kill me that I feel and I also agree. I also agree with Matt Smith. I'm struggling to find anything as good as Game of Thrones. There are a lot of good shows, but nothing anywhere near as good. I mean, not anywhere near as good for me. But yeah, I actually do agree, Matt Smith. I don't think I found anything quite as good as that either. And what kills me about Stranger Things is I think it could be. I honestly think they they skirt right along the lines of being really excellent. And they, yeah. they just don't have the stomach for it in the end. That said... Uh, some nice things about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have these great <laughs> fundamentals. They have, you know, this really appealing cast and they have all this really loving period detail. You know, they got like the the house from it yes. and they have, you know, fully just the, the smorgasbord of 80s monsters that is Vecna. And yeah. they even the sword, to, the sword from Conan, the barbarian. I mean, they have stuff like that constantly. I think they're How'd little you feel about the sword. I think they're a little, um, how about I use any naughty, naughty words here. They're like their fetishization <laughs> of eighties pop culture is a bit much. I mean, at the end of the okay. day, I mean, again, Hopper shouldn't have been here at all. And like, yeah, did they revive him just so they could have fun and play with the sword from Conan? Do you think? I hope not. I Yeah, I will say I was really let down with Hopper in particular, because my whole thing was, if you're going to revive him, you better be telling us some serious stuff about what's going on with the Russians. Mm. And like, I felt that way that before volume two. I was like, OK, now we're going to see like some serious stuff about what's going on behind the Iron Curtain. They have this shot of the lab in the trailers. And it was just like, not really. It was like, we saw the lab. It as was they a classic. And that was there. Yeah, it, it, it was a classic. Like, we got to buy them time. Let's go set the particles on fire. It was fully like a thing for them to do, which also, I mean, yeah, I enjoyed it, but yeah, I'm not sure I really liked it. Now that I'm talking about it more, um, <laughs> it, it, it was fun to watch because I thought there was a lot of that. A lot of like this character to do something, write this in. Like, honestly, Eddie, I mean, of course, I I see some kind of later seasons Game of Thrones stuff where you can see them getting the idea for this cool bit and then yes. um, just kind of doing it and just willing it into existence. Does it does it make the most sense? But it's cool to watch. Like, um, yes, I mean, there's no question that Eddie playing Metallica on top of a uh, alternate dimension evil trailer and attracting hordes of flying bat monsters. I mean, it's 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 just cool. Like, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's fully. It's like any shot from that sequence could be the cover of a new heavy metal album right now because it's a guy oh, totally. shredding yeah. in a dark evil red and black dimension and fighting bats honest to god like his death it, it was one of those situations where like i have to go and distract them like they're not getting in distract them for what why what but but why like he just kind of went out there and died like i i didn't really see a point to that except that yeah they, the writers room they were like we're gonna have a heroic death for eddie and then they're just kind of kind of <laughs> drag the pot and go just move it this way just bend it like this and then it'll okay yeah then he gets one even though it it, it felt tortured to me like the, the way they got him there if 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 you 
Yeah. Wait, I, meanwhile, Max is natural and they don't go through with that one. I, I think with Eddie. So it's a fascinating thing to me because I like that scene. Obviously, it's so it it is so 80s, so heavy metal, like yes. his final stand with the bats swarming around him. <laughs> So the way I read it, the way I think it's supposed to come off in the show is if they both left the trailer, the bats would have left and gone back to the Creel house. And then Steve and Nancy and Robin would have been screwed. However, I think in a two and a half hour episode, they needed to make that clear because you are not the first person I've heard say that specific complaint. Like, why did he stay? And I think they they could have made it clearer that he needed to instead of it just being like he climbed and then was like, I'll stay and distract no. them. I'm not going to run and run anymore. I, I appreciate that for his character because they did set that up with him getting tired of always running <laughs> when things got bad. I mean, but <laughs> this is a good I remember like the whole like I'm not a hero through line. Like, I remember, I guess it was a little bit set up, but like it was mostly in that same episode. I remember being here because they like they flashed when he did it. They flashed back to earlier in the same episode, him being like, I'm not a hero. I don't do this. And just um, like, yeah, that was the full scope of the arc. Like they wanted to kill him really quick. And I know there were there's a couple of things. I wasn't in love with it. I thought it was a fun character. Yeah. I would have killed somebody else. Nicole was bringing the heat. I agree that they had solid writing up to Ooh. the final episode where everything was just too convenient for everyone. I agree with that. I also liked one more comment before we keep talking because we're having good, good flow here. Nicole, Nicole again. Nicole, why are you so smart? Says that I thought the <laughs> audience was more Gen X, early millennials who go over the 80s and 90s. Now, I, I'm sure those folk are watching it, but this has been a huge hit, which means it has yeah. caught on. I mean, it's being watched by those folk, but it's also being watched by kids, it's being watched by pe- younger people yeah. who are like, who is this 80s, 90s person? Who is Kate Bush? Who is Metallica? And going to discover them for the first time. So it was definitely made with them in mind, the older kids, but it's it's definitely caught on elsewhere, which is, is a sign of you just need to make something good and people will find it, no matter if it's a celebration of... um the stuff you like as a child or something bold and new. But I do think it's got it's 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 fan bases beyond just um, olds. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think at this point, you know, it is the closest thing to a cultural phenomenon show we have had since Game of Thrones. And that speaks to it being, you know, what made Game of Thrones a cultural phenomenon was that it reached past the audience you would expect it to have, which is fantasy nerds who like gritty fantasy stories. It reached past that to the point where like basically everyone liked it. And I think Stranger Things is kind of there, even if like not everyone loves it or is as obsessed with it. It's only had four seasons. You know, thinking about the length of a show kind of factors in there because when Game of Thrones was on season four, it was a big phenomenon, but not to the degree it was by the time it ended. Yeah. So I think it, it definitely is. I agree with you that that Gen X early millennial like. I mean, that is the media that this is playing off of, you know, like those movies that that came out then. But yeah, I think at this point, like you said, like people discovering Kate Bush and Metallica for the first time, which is great. Same with like A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like there are probably people who'd never heard of it before watching this, which sounds crazy, you know, but it's also true. There are probably people who had never heard of these things before seeing Stranger Things. Honestly, I think that's my favorite thing about the show, that it's bringing some of these older pieces of pop culture that I think might be better than Stranger Things to the mass consciousness. Like actually, I know something about Elm Street, but um, I mean, these these songs alone, like it's it's 
It's it's like you wrote in a very good article that you wrote today. It's doing a public well, service, you. pretty much. You're welcome. I wanted to, I wanted to pay for pretty it. much repay the favor. We got Chris Chris Hannah saying Gen Xers and their kids. Although I'm not a Gen Xer and I like it. Uh, and yeah. Julie saying I, my brother is a Gen Xer. He watches mm-hmm. with his kids. Oh, perfect. Nice. So legit. As Julie says Game of Thrones so much more mature. You never convince me otherwise. I'm not interested in convincing you, Julie. I think you're right. I also before we move on from yeah. I mean, I, I guess we've other things about the Stranger Things, but um, my friends said that. And I think he's right that they kind of if they try and say that Vecna being behind everything was their plan from the start, I'm going to call so much bullshit on that because <laughs> no, they didn't. Yeah, that's fair. no, they didn't. Absolutely not. Whenever you have to have your lead character have had amnesia in order to make a plot work, you made that up as you went. And I mean, and that's yeah. fine, but do not tell me they didn't come up with this a few seasons in and then crowbar it in and just kind of make it work, which which is fine. But I don't want to hear any. I I, I do not want to hear he was behind it the whole time. No, they don't know who was behind. And they figured out who was behind it as they went. And then they they kind of scrub it in there. Yeah. So I rewatched the entire show after volume one. And I I very much agree with that. I don't think Vecna slash one slash Henry Creel was their plan all (laughs) along. But I do think they they left the door open. They knew they were going to eventually have to make a plan or have to explain it. And they kind of left the door open for how they would explain it. And I think, you know, things like eight uh, the other psychic child 11 meets in season two is a great example of like, they hadn't had this planned all along because there was always a question of how many psychic kids are out there. Exactly. Like no way was it always their plan to just have one and eight. They probably tried the thing with eight realized it didn't work and then said, Oh, we can come up with a plan to basically explain why there are no more psychic kids. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think they retconned it really well, though. I, I think sure. it adds to the show the way that they explained it. Apparently, a lot of not that there's only matters like Stranger Things comics are now uh, not valid because they went in different directions that they didn't think Ooh. they wanted to go back on when they when they approved it. Yeah. So I, I just want to head out any kind of that. Mr. Cole, I thought the big reveal was that the black upside down dust behind it all. I guess it's. Yeah, that, that was ambiguous. Vecna found some black upside down dust. And they became one or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing with the mind flayer, Stranger Things is really good at dropping lore reveals, but not 100% explaining them. (laughs) So it leaves it a little up to interpretation. But how I read it was Vecna found this floaty upside down. It's not technically the upside down that world he's in. First off, it's, it's another world before the upside down is created because the uh-huh. upside down was created when 11 contacted the Demogorgon in season one. And the clock so stopped he when found- Will Byers got kidnapped for some reason. No, when, because that's when 11 created the upside down and- in, in the first season. So that is what stopped the clock. That's what made this mirror image of Hawkins. But before that, Vecna was wandering this other world. He found this black cloud of dust and basically molded it into an image that he related to from his childhood love of Black Widow spiders. Right. Loves those spiders. The way I interpreted it is he is the mind flayer. The mind flayer is a, a like an extension of his will he can use to possess other beings because he it possesses the demogorgons in Russia as well. So we find out that's there's a question of did Vecna connect himself to a hive mind by doing the black dust or did he is did he create the hive mind? That's something that they are going to need to answer next season, I think. But yeah, that that was a an interesting 
interesting. That was one of the things I found most interesting in the finale was that reveal of that they were connected in that way. Yeah, it was spooky to the max. Uh, okay, also, we know now that they're going to make a bunch of spinoffs. The Different Brothers announced that uh, they're making a whole upside down studios, upside down pictures, just like the old times. Yeah. And they're going to yes. make... This is a studio in the real world named that, not a studio yes. in the upside down. For not, a, not, not, not Vecna making home movies. And they're going One to make only wish. a Stranger Things spinoff, of course. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it's about yet. They're going to make they're gonna make a Stranger Things... Not thing even s- Netflix knows. Not even Netflix. They're going to make a Stranger Things stage play, which is pretty entertaining. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. Harry Potter did it. Game of Thrones is doing it. That's the new hot thing. I wonder what else we made a stage play out of. It's not a trend I like, (laughs) to be honest. I mean, the Harry Potter one was insulting. Like, you want me to pay, you want to see two plays like on different nights? Come on, man. I don't have all the patient time in the world. Um, And now they're doing it. That's interesting. They're making, you love the show, um, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Was was that what it was called? Yeah, I loved that show. That show is a masterpiece. No one will ever convince me otherwise. I really got to watch that. Jeez. It's, like it for what it is like don't go in expecting it to be game of thrones but it's like a sure. relatively straightforward fantasy story that is told in basically the most amazing puppet production like ever made like there's just nothing with puppets that is anywhere near close to check it out. age of resistance so, the, so yeah those it's worth guys, it so, so those guys are doing something and they're making an live action version of the these are these stranger things people by the way these stranger things guys bat and rostover a live action version of the mm-hmm. anime series death note which Netflix made a terrible movie of that in 2017 with Willem Dafoe. Um, Did you see it? No. Uh, You know what? No, I didn't see it. I shouldn't call it terrible. Everyone hated it. I've heard it's terrible. I've heard it's terrible (laughs) too. But so they're expanding. Good for them. I mean, Stranger Things is tremendously successful. Of course, they're going to branch out and try other stuff. I don't know. There are worse people to have power in Hollywood. Yeah, I agree with that. They're they're also doing uh, an adaptation of Stephen King's The Talisman. Which is I'm shocker. Uh, <laughs> about a young boy so who stumbles into um, a, an alternate universe. Yeah. And it's so meta because that is the book Lucas is reading to Max in the hospital at the end of Stranger Things season four is The Talisman by Stephen King. So it's like they gave That's us right. a wink there. Hey, we're making The Talisman. Yeah, I, I agree with what you just said about there are worse people in Hollywood who could have this kind of power to make a bunch of shows. I think, you know, whether you love Stranger Things or not, they deserve the Duffer brothers deserve a lot of credit for making an original IP mm-hmm. that pays homage to all, all the influences that they that basically contributed to them making it. I yeah, I think there are much worse people who could have that kind of yeah, power. So exactly. I'm excited to see what they do. All right. Any other thoughts about Stranger Things before we move on out? The only other thing I'll say, I see Nicole saying final season coming out 2024. That's what David Harbour said. He predicts maybe mid 2024. Mm -hmm. We don't have an an actual confirmed date yet, but it's not coming before then. They haven't started filming it. The Duffers are basically taking a couple months off before they finish writing season five. And Terry, yes, to love the Dark Crystal. Respect. So they released a new teaser trailer for The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Amazon's tremendously expensive exploration of uh, Middle Earth thousands of years before the events of The Lord of the Rings with the Gandalf and the Hobbit and the Aragorn. (laughs) And it's interesting. I think we're going to watch it because it's another big show on the horizon alongside House of the Dragon. Yeah. 
let's watch this brief trailer for Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. We can stop it every couple of seconds because I know that's to say. Okay. So this is pretty short. This came on yeah. Amazon. So, and technically, we, uh, don't tell me to watch this. This is like from YouTube. Someone ripped it. Just like, shh. Okay. Okay. So there <laughs> is a meteor streaking through the sky of Middle Earth. So, okay, yep. uh, pause it on this. The the swan ships for the elves, that's that's different. That's something new. Is it? That, I mean, it definitely wasn't in, in Middle Earth. That's like the Talari, oh, yeah. okay? That's like near um, the, uh, blah, 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 Amman. Like, they never got all the way out here. Uh, so there, that's some creative stuff there. I don't know where that's supposed to be. And I'm not sure if that's Galadriel either. Okay, keep going. Well, Gal- yeah, it's... It's her on the boat in the next seat. That's her, right? It, I'm guessing because it's a blonde woman elf, but I honestly don't know that. Like, enough to know. Then we got Elrond. Yeah, it looks Game like of her. Thrones. Elrond. We got some, uh, lots of elves. We got some, I think this is Numenor, the isle of where all the powerful men and women are, human beings. And of course, we got uh, some hobbitses, some Phil, some Trixie hobbitses who actually see the meteor yep, fall to Earth. And then it's Guk. Uh, we had to um, take the non-English <laughs> version because that was what showed up on YouTube because Amazon doesn't want you yeah. to watch it off of Amazon. So shh. so I wanted to do that because yeah. I wanted to bring You're up getting the an fact, exclusive peek here. Is that the comet at the beginning of Game of Thrones asked Christian? <laughs> that would be fun. That would be a good crossover to uh, have the comet from season two, episode one. I remember what it is. The North remembers uh, come into the yeah. rings of power nice. like that. So Lord of the Rings show, very big deal. Spent a lot of money on it. I... <laughs> Terry says the army and Avatar have been to many, many times. Very cool to see. What do you mean, uh, Terry? Is that about the Dark Crystals or Lord of the Rings? I'd like to know. So I wanted to point out about that is that they're making this show about the Second Age of Middle Earth, which is a very specific time in mm-hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien's mythological historia. And at no point did a meteor or a comet or any kind of celestial thing play into it. So we don't know what's yeah. in that thing. It's a person, by the way, because another trailer has someone coming out yes. of the comet and holding hands with the Hobbit. Remember, the show is all about hands. Um, it is. And they're making it That's up. That's where you wear your rings. That's the, You wear rings on hands. You wear rings of power on hands. Yeah. You wear anklets. You wear without, anklets on the without ankles. Without hands, there'd be no show. Without hands, there'd be no show. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, the legend of hands. I think, oh, Terry's talking about like... Um, <laughs> The um, what was war the, the war zone? That's what it's called. Thank you. Where they had all the guns. Nice. I do really like those touches of um, like slice of life stuff kind of things. Like they, they yeah, they did that well, and then it just kind of um, it's a strange show. But anyway, yeah, we could we could go back down the rabbit hole. But so I was going to ask about the meteor. So you had an interesting theory about this that I read that you thought it might be a, a Maya. Or Avala, which are basically like the, I guess, like demigods, like Gandalf is a Maya. Um, Sauron is a very strong one. It makes me a little nervous, though, honestly, that Amazon, it's like, because we always knew they were going to be one making up their own story for this because they don't have the rights to an actual Tolkien book. They just have the rights to an to appendices and two. We knew they were going to be condensing the timeline significantly enough that it was always going to change things because like the second age is hundreds, if not thousands of years. And they're telling. Yeah. So they're going to take all the the main 
major players probably and somehow make it so they all fit into the same time span mm-hmm. i'm man i gotta tell you that the the teaser made me more nervous than i was for this show i mean i don't like i kind of like the idea of a story where a demigod falls to earth interacts with people um it's just sure. there are a few kind of um fantasy stories more sacrosanct than the lord of the rings and like that mythology more set in stone well not set in stone because it is i mean it is very kind of vague to add an element that big takes some cojones mas grandes like it 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 it, it, (laughs) it's true it takes um some bold moves and i'm not sure why they're doing it i'm just very curious as nicole asked why would they go rogue with their own plot when there is so much so so much material to pull from. I mean, yeah, they only have the appendices, but the appendices outline quite a lot of cool stuff. I mean, this isn't spoiled because it's like 70 years I'm old. I'm sure. Like we're talking, you know, uh, Sauron corrupting the elves, Numenor sinking into the ocean. We're talking like a lot of big things go on in here. Do you need yeah. a demigod falling from the sky and making friends with a hobbit? I don't know. Maybe it's Tom Bombadil, yeah. the origin of Tom Bombadil. That, that the ultimate fan service, all, all you Bombadil stands who missed him in, in Peter Jackson's movies, we're going to give you what you want give in you uh, the rings of power. I think this is the kind of show if house of the dragon is like, it's good until proven bad. The rings of power for me is <laughs> this is looking pretty rough <laughs> until proven it's good. You know what I mean? That's so legit. Yeah, totally. That's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> And so far it looks pretty, but so far that's, that's, that's the feeling I'm getting from it. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the track like Mm. for house of the dragon. It's like the track records there. I know a lot of people are like game of Thrones burned us so bad. We've, they've lost our goodwill, but it's like HBO puts out so much quality stuff. We can assume it's going to at least be not bad, not terrible. Like it's HBO. It's Miguel Sapochnik. These things have a much more proven track record Mm -hmm. than this enormous swing Amazon is taking with, you know, a very, very beloved property and kind of doing their own thing with. And we've seen how that can go wrong, even for someone who knows it really well, like Peter Jackson, because the Hobbit movies were not very good. So, So, yeah. So we'll see what happens. We will. And Nicole, like, um, I'm going in with an open mind. I just, uh, I'm in, I'm, I'm assuming crash positions Whereas house of the dragon, yeah. I, 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 I'm going in, you know, seat belt off top down, standing on, uh, the front seat, steer with my leg. Cause I know that this road is going to yeah. be well paved and the skies are going to be clear. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That metaphor, but, uh, except where the they're full through. of dragons, they're full of dragons. All right, um, moving on, because this is one of those episodes where we are talking up a storm and the difficulties besiege us to make us go on. Uh, Daniel, (laughs) are you watching anything uh, right now you want to talk about? And are any of you watching us watching anything that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, so the last thing, obviously, was Stranger (laughs) Things. Of course, that has just been the dominant show. I also caught up on Miss Marvel. Or I almost got, I haven't seen today's Miss Marvel, but I watched Never last I. week's. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I really love it's not a bad show. It's not a bad show. It's not my favorite Marvel thing, which has kind of been like how I felt about most of Phase Four. Honestly, yeah. it's like this isn't my favorite Marvel thing, but I'm enjoying it. I think the cultural representation in Miss Marvel, they're really exploring what it means to have a Pakistani superhero. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, that that and the artistic side of it, like with their opening and closing credits. 
the texts, which I, I I could take or leave given the episode, but I still respect that they're doing something different and creative. I'm kind of happy that bit sort of leveled off as the show went on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's not texting as much anymore. She's being chased by Jen. But yeah, so I've been watching that and liked it. The The other show that I will preach from the mountaintop about constantly is the Orville. Yeah, the Orville is just... It kind of, to me, feels like Stranger Things is here and the boys in the Orville are right right behind it and everything else is just trying to catch up right now. Um, yeah, those are like the right. three shows I'm really excited about. Well, can I ask, because Robert asks, uh, what about Westworld, Daniel? What do you think about the direction they're taking the show? I watched the premiere and I did yeah. enjoy it. It was definitely, um, it had an air of mystery that the show's been lacking yeah. for a while. And I think mystery is a good look when you're plumbing, you're asking questions that you don't know the answers to. Yeah, I think kind of how I feel with Westworld is this season feels like the thing I always hoped they would cover if they ever got androids out of the park. Like there's a an air of mystery around are people being replaced in society? See, that's cool. Why would another park be being made? There are some obvious reasons and some probably not obvious reasons. I'm sure. Sure. So I think I'm enjoying it a lot. I think it's way better than the third season, which I think I mentioned this last time I rewatched the beginning of the third season because I didn't know if I just had survivors bias wondering if it was actually better or not. But I think it is. Yeah, I I think Westworld, it's it was always going to be a show that struggled, man, (laughs) because like the Westworld story that it's based on was the first season. And after that, they've really had to figure out where they were going. Um, I'm down to move to the lightning round. Unless you have anything you want to say about the boys. Um, The finale is tomorrow. I was, it's fun, but I was a little disappointed, but you know, we can talk about it next week when everybody has seen it. Sounds good. Then uh, I think let us lightning. Thank you everyone for bearing with us with our tech stuff today. And uh, we promise we can promise nothing, but hopefully it won't happen (laughs) next time. It'll be better. Cross your fingers for us. All right, Daniel, yes. the first one is yes. for you in this lightning round where we just go through 20 okay. responses to things we didn't get to in the main show. Uh, Daniel, your first lightning round question. Uh, Hollywood legend Sigourney Weaver will play a teenager in Avatar 2, The Way of Water, specifically a teenage Navi alien. Mm? Um, I think I, I think that's a cool idea. I'm excited yeah. to see what they do with it. If there's some kind of thing like her spirit comes back from AY in a different body. Um, I'm willing to give it a chance. Sigourney Weaver and James Cameron are brilliant, and I will always give them a chance. Yeah, really can't go wrong. All right, beautiful. Hit All right, me. Dan Norman Reedus says the Daryl Dixon spinoff is totally different from The Walking Dead. Believe him? Uh, sure. I believe. Actually, no, no, I don't. Um, it's going to be a show about Daryl Dixon. Um, you know, fighting zombies in Europe. I'm sure it will have a change of pace and go back into familiar rhythms. So, uh, no, not really. I don't really mind either. So we'll see what happens when it gets here. Damn. And well under the time. Excellent. Yeah. Agreed. Are, are you ready for yours, Daniel? I am. I was born ready. Hit okay. me with the news. This one is, uh, sorry to, for Julie to hear this. Um, HBO has canceled the time traveler's wife. Yeah. Um, I, so I haven't watched the time traveler's wife on the one hand. I'm like, Oh, that's sad. I love Rose Leslie. I love seeing her and stuff on the other. It's not a long book. 
if they did the whole book in the first season, I don't know what they were going to do next. Kind of how I felt about Lovecraft Country, even though it was an amazing mm-hmm. show. It's like they did the whole book and we see what happened with Westworld when they try to go past. Excellent. Okay. Things are leveling right. off wonderfully. Oh, yeah. Okay, Dan. Oh, wow. Nicole says she laughed out loud when she heard that show got canceled. Harsh, <laughs> Nicole. You're on fire today. Okay. Uh, so, Dan, su- the Supernatural spinoff, The Winchesters, premieres on, on October 11th. You going to watch it? I will. Probably not. But um, the Supernatural, very important series. 15 seasons strong. It's a long time for a live action show. Not that long for yeah. The Simpsons. And uh, they're going to have a spinoff about their parents coming up pretty short order. Not I can think the thing ended in 2020. So it's very cool. I like the legacy is continuing. I like the CW still has a couple of shows in the hopper and good for it. All right. We press on to the end. Yeah. Agreed. Daniel Ed Harris, Westworld star Ed Harris says that Westworld probably has one more season after this current one thoughts. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Um, you know, Westworld feels like it's nearing its end game. I know the showrunners, you know, we talked about Stranger Things not having an end goal in mind. The Westworld showrunners have openly said they had an end goal in mind for quite a while, and <laughs> they said they're not quite there yet. So, yeah, one more season for Westworld. I hope HBO gives it to them. Me too. I, th- I think they probably will. We'll see what happens. I think so. I'd be really surprised if they didn't. It's easy to forget how successful that show has been for how long it's been on. Yeah. Okay. Dan, Tom Hanks, who played Woody in Toy Story, he doesn't understand why Tim Allen, who played Buzz very famously, isn't in Lightyear. I don't think a lot of people understand that. So I'm just in 20 seconds. (laughs) So Toy Story, Tim Allen plays um, the spaceman for like four movies over a period of over a decade. And then he's not cast in the new movie where it's about the real guy who inspires the toy. Chris Evans instead. It's weird. Um, it's a little weird. It did. It bombed. It, like it's bomb. It is not. It's not my biggest budget. It's below its not budget. Doing well. So I think a lot of people were confused. I think, it was, I think it was just Tom Hanks. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Moving along. I'm pretty sure you know what this is. I think. I think. I do. Uh, I do. Thank. Thank God. <laughs> um, Peacock cancels its adaptation of. Fonda Lee's fantasy novel series, The Green Bone Saga. Yeah, I was so sad to hear about this. Um, Peacock was developing a series based on Fonda Lee's Green Bone Saga books. Uh, Jade City is the first one. They're like gangster Yakuza fantasy books. They are incredible. Cool. Um, Peacock, not a, they're making Twisted Metal instead. Someone is making <laughs> bad decisions. Um, I hope someone else picks it up, though. The Green Bone Saga could be the next great fantasy show if it's done oh, well. Over Twisted Metal, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Mackie. All right, Dan. Ooh, ooh, this is cool. This is cool. There is a new image from The Sandman, Netflix's adaptation of Neil Gaiman's seminal comic coming out August 5th. And why should we be excited about it? Seminal. Yeah, this looks really cool. This is a dream and desire, two of the endless. It looks just like the comic. They, It's almost too much like it. They have the same room. They have all the sigils in the back, desires in the same outfit. Um, I want, I'm so interested in how they're going to do this. I'm, re, I'm reading the yeah. comic book over again right now, and it's so wildly vivid and nice. imaginative. I'm so curious. So yeah, I'm definitely into that. And people... Yeah. Um, 
that is our show. I know it was a bit of a rough one. So thank you for hanging with us. We promise to do our utmost to make things smooth and supple next time. Um, but if you want to <laughs> revisit this or just want to see the rest of our content, uh, we are available in podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we stream live uh, every Wednesday, some more stuff than others, at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time at um, the Winners Coming Facebook page or the Winners Coming YouTube page. We did make it, Christian. Thank you for noticing. So um, yes. until next time, malfunctionally yours, this has been Take the Black. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Fansight. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.